Well, today we're picking up our series, Disciple Maker, remembering that a disciple is a follower of Jesus and that we are created and called to be disciples who make disciples. And today we're going to see an example of how Jesus goes about disciple making. And you might be surprised or even shocked at what he does. And we're going to pick up the story in Mark chapter 5. And Jesus, he's going to the, on a boat to the region of the Gerasenes. He's going into Gentile territory for the first time. And as he gets out of the boat, this man comes out of the tombs to meet him. This man is a tormented and scary figure. He's possessed by demons. He's naked. He's an outcast of society. It says in the Bible that people had tried to bind him up even with chains and they couldn't do it. And it says night and day among the tombs and in the hills he'd cry out and cut himself with stones. This is an unlovable, tormented, dangerous man who's maybe not even human to some people. And as he meets with Jesus, something amazing happens. Jesus casts the demons out of the man, sends them into a herd of pigs, and then these 2,000 pigs rush down the hillside into the sea, and they're drowned. And the, and the man who was possessed by a legion of demons is left sitting in his right mind, fully clothed. Jesus has given him his humanity back. And it's an incredible story, but what happens next is what we're interested in today. What would you do next if you were that man? What would you do next if you were Jesus? What would you do if you were encouraging this man to be a disciple? Well, what Jesus does is shocking, because what he does is he gets back in the boat and he leaves and he sends the man out. This was what it says in Mark 5, 18 to 19. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus didn't let him, but said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Jesus takes a huge risk with this man. This man wants to join the only community of God that exists on the planet, and Jesus says, no. Instead, go out on your own. And if you think about it, imagine you were one of the disciples leaving in the boat with Jesus and thinking about what's just happened and thinking about that. You might have loads and loads of questions like, what is Jesus up to? What is he doing? Why is he taking a risk with this man? What is he even thinking? Because they'll know this man has a massively tormented past, right? He's just had hundreds of demons cast out of him. He's been living in the tombs. He's been cutting himself. What this man needs, they might think, is care, space to recover. Maybe he needs to prove himself again. Maybe there's questions about whether he'll relapse. But Jesus doesn't let somebody's past disqualify them from a God-filled future. Instead, for Jesus, somebody's past is an opportunity. It's an opportunity for a story of transformation to be written. And maybe the disciples are thinking and they're aware that they've just left this situation where this man is left with an immediately challenging present. If you read the story, you'll see that Jesus and the disciples are forced back into the boat to leave because of the trouble that they've caused. And yet this man is left there. And maybe all the people around think that the 2,000 pigs they've lost, it's all his fault. People are going to come for him, maybe. He's going to be in danger. He owes everyone. 
But Jesus, again, doesn't let somebody's present troubles define what can happen in their life. He said, like, Jesus is interested in the overarching story of who this man can be. And maybe if you think about it and making disciples, maybe we feel like this guy has a, a really untested and uncertain future. Is he really prepared to go out and tell people? Is he really ready? How can he possibly have understood enough about Jesus and who he was? He's only just met him. He's completely untrained. He's a complete novice. How's he going to cope? He's got no list of instructions. He's got no knowledge. He's got no experience. He's got no money. But Jesus doesn't see training and knowledge in the same way that you and I might do. Instead, Jesus knows that what this man needs is a meeting, an encounter with Jesus, and a story. Jesus takes a risk on this man because he knows that this is the thing that's going to bring him alive. Jesus understands that disciple-making happens by taking risks with people, risking that they might mess up, risking that they might get it wrong, risking that they don't know everything, they don't have all the answers. Remember, Jesus never chooses the brightest people the smartest, the best qualified, the got-it-all-together people. He chooses those on the edges, the downtrodden, the marginalized, the sick, the sinners, those who can be transformed. Disciple-making takes place on mission. And this is the key. Jesus isn't focused on making a disciple who then one day he might be able to use. He knows that for this man, it's a risk, but it's the thing that's going to unlock his real destiny. If we look on the next verse, Mark, oh, just lost my notes. If we look on the next verse, Mark 5, verse 20, it says, So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus has done for him. And all the people were amazed. Jesus knows that all he needed for this reaching of the Decapolis, the ten cities, was one man with a story of transformation. And so he risks everything. He, he travels across a stormy sea to reach one man. And then he meets him and he counsels him and he goes again. Jesus is risking everything for one man and everything on one man. It's fascinating to think what happened after this. What impact might this man have had? There's only hints in the Bible. We know crowds come out of the Decapolis to meet with Jesus. We know Jesus goes back to the Decapolis to minister. Maybe this man's opened some doors. Maybe he's changed the atmosphere. Maybe he's made it possible. We know the early church goes out into, into the Decapolis, Paul and Damascus. We don't know this man's name, but who knows what impact he's had because Jesus has taken a risk with him. Who are you taking risks with? Knowing that they might mess up, knowing they might not get it, get it all right, knowing that they don't have all the answers, but inviting them into the story. And maybe today we need this mindset shift. Maybe, maybe we need to think differently. Discipleship isn't for Christians, it's for everyone. Let me say that again. Discipleship isn't for Christians, it's for everyone. So if you think about it, at that time, there were no Christians, right? Jesus has not gone to the cross yet. He's not died. He's not risen again. This man can't have 
possibly had any idea about the full extent of who Jesus was. Even the disciples weren't really sure. They just crossed the sea and they'd come across this huge storm. Jesus had calmed the storm and their response was, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. But for all these people, their, their stories and their missions had already started. Discipleship isn't about being ready. Sometimes we ask ourselves too much, am I ready for this? Or we make judgments about other people, are they ready? Sometimes we wait, and Jesus is saying, the story has already started. Spiritual formation and engaging in mission are connected. For Jesus, they happen together. To grow as a disciple, we need to go as a disciple. And that means taking risks. It means taking risks ourselves, and it means taking risks with other people. Inviting them to meet with Jesus. Inviting them into the story and seeing what God will do. Let's pray together. And as I pray now, why don't we just think about our own lives and think about where we're at in our disciple making. Maybe what's holding us back from jumping in or holding us back from releasing people. Maybe for some of us today, we might feel like our, our past is holding us back. It disqualifies us from what God might have for us. Maybe today, God just wants to, again, just speak a release over us. Maybe we're caught up in present troubles. Maybe we're distracted. Maybe there's so much going on in our lives that we just feel like we just don't have the space. We can't deal with this right now. Maybe again, we just want to invite God to just breathe out the overarching story of our lives over us, to open things for us, to, to show us ways ahead. Maybe for those of us who don't feel equipped, we don't feel ready, we don't feel like we've got all the tools we need. Maybe as we pray, we just want to pray, God, give me courage. Give me courage to take risks. Give me courage to journey with you. Thank you, God. You know, there's a, there's a program on the TV that's popular right now called Taskmaster. And in this program, people get a whole crazy task kind of thrown at them that they've got to do and they just wouldn't have a clue where to start. And the thing that's said straight away is, your time starts now. And maybe today, God is saying to us, even though we don't have it all together, even though we don't have it all ready, even though we don't know how it's going to pan out, we don't know the end of the story, your time starts now. And so Lord, give us, give us the courage and the boldness to step forward into your mission today. In Jesus' name, amen.